You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. The fear of the Lord means, and, and here's that word awesome again, which is why I'm so uh, protective of that word. It's a reverent awe of who God is. The holiness of God, the majesty of God, is to just be in this reverent awe of Him. Many of us were probably caught off guard the first time we ever heard or read that we are to fear God as believers. However, as Pastor J.D. will teach you in his message today, this fear is one of reverence, awe, and admiration. In his study, you'll learn the true definition of what it means to fear the Lord. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 112 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We'll talk about the fear of the Lord and what it means to fear be in awe of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do His commandments. His praise endures forever. So, interesting psalm again. They're all interesting, but Psalm 111 is another one of those psalms that is written in the form of an acrostic, meaning that every line in the psalm begins with a consecutive letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Now, why? Because acrostic psalms made it so much easier for the reader, the singer of the song, to be able to memorize it. Actually, this is a technique that, (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm going to use the word hijacked again, that the secular world has hijacked from God. This is a very effective memorization technique by creating an acrostic. That's how you can remember. In fact, as many years ago when I was a relatively young believer, I memorized all of the names of the books of the Bible using an acrostic, nonsensical, it didn't you know, form a word. But so like for example, the first five books of Moses, Jelmed, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Jelmed. So all through both Old and New Testament, I took the first letter of each of the books the names of the books of the Bible, and I was able, using that acrostic, to memorize all of the books of the Bible. Don't ask me to do it right now, (laughs) because I don't work that well under pressure, maybe. Now I want to do it, but I won't. I'll spare you of the butchering of it. But actually, uh, I get get a little bit uh, mixed up when I get into the Minor Prophets. So anyway, but that's, that's an interesting and effective technique for memorization. And that was kind of the point. That's how they would memorize, but maybe even more important, meditate 
on the Word of God. I think memorization is very important. But sometimes we can, for lack of a better way of saying it, become too bookish. And by that I mean we memorize the Scripture, but we don't really meditate on the Scripture. I was uh, thinking when my boys were little, and I had uh, the church that I planted on the mainland, we had uh, during our midweek Bible study an Awana charter. And my uh, son Elias at the time was a cubby. And so I would always, uh, you know, we had the memorization verse that I would try to, you know, because if he, if he got that verse memorized, then he would get, you know, the stamps and the badges and the awards and, you know. So, <laughs> really interesting, trying to teach a kinesthetic child to memorize. He would have to jump all over the place, and that was the only way he could memorize Scripture. But it was only memorization. You could recall it, you could memorize it, but what about the application of that which you have committed to memorization? Would you agree that the application is more important than the memorization? The memorization is great, but it should always lead to the application and even the meditation of that which is committed to memorization. It's been said that knowledge is just information, but wisdom is the application of that information. So in other words, we can have all of these, you know, verses memorized, but there needs to be this personal application made of those verses to our lives. Maybe better said, they need to be indelibly written on the tablets of our hearts. This is what Proverbs 7 verses 1 through 3 says, My son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Keep my commands and live, and my law as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers, write them on the tablet of your heart. Proverbs 3 verses 1 through 3. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands for the length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. I, I want all of those. Did you just see that list right there? Length of days, that means your, your life is blessed. I mean, not necessarily you're going to live to be 221 years old, but that your life is full, fulfilled. Length of days, long life, and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck like a, a necklace, an ornament. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Proverbs 6 verses 20 through 23. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. This was what my wife always used to quote when she would do devotions with the boys. <laughs> do not forsake the law of your mother. It's a very powerful uh, proverb. Verse 21, bind them continually upon your heart, tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. And when you awake, they will speak with you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Reminds me of Psalm 119, 
where David says, Your word, Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's been said that the Bible will keep you from sin, and sin will keep you from the Bible. And that is so true. Psalm 112 starts off again. You ready for it? Wait for it. Here it is. Praise the Lord! I love that. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in His commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. His children, His children's children. The generation of the upright will be blessed. How about verse 3? Wealth and riches will be in His house, and His righteousness endures forever. Unto, verse 4, the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely, verse 6, he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Why? Because he fears the Lord. These are the blessings that comes upon the man who fears the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. They're not going to be afraid. They're not going to be moved. They're not going to be shaken. Verse 8, his heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. He has dispersed abroad, verse 9. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn, speaking of power will be exalted with honor. The wicked, verse 10, will see it and be grieved. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Okay, well, Psalm 112, I was really looking forward to getting to this psalm, and this is how we're going to end the Bible study tonight. But what a powerful psalm concerning the fear of the Lord. What does it mean to fear the Lord? Do we, how do we understand that in the sense of what we know fear to be? It's not like we were afraid of Him. You know, we tremble at just the thought of being with Him or close to Him. That's not what the fear of the Lord means. The fear of the Lord means, and, and here's that word awesome again, which is why I'm so uh, protective of that word. It's a reverent awe of who God is, the holiness of God, the majesty of God, is to just be in this reverent awe of Him. You know, I, I don't like to uh, talk stink about the younger generation, but I mean, I'll just be candid with you, and I think you would agree with me when I say this, but there just is not this reverence of God. I, I, I cringe when I hear somebody say, the man upstairs, ooh, no, 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 no. 
the man upstairs? The man upstairs, do you have a two-story home? Is there a man up there? That's irreverent. I'm reminded of the times in Scripture, particularly in the Old Testament, where it is said there was no fear of God in their eyes. And we just got done reading the psalm about all the blessings that come to those who fear the Lord. Well, do you realize that there's also that which comes on those who do not fear the Lord? Those who do not have the fear of the Lord in their eyes. There's no reverence. There's no awe. Even the word respect is too, I don't, I don't think it, it does it any justice. But it's the authority of God. It's the majesty of God. It's the mightiness of God. It's the character of God. It's the nature of God. And there's this holy reverence of who God is. And the man, the woman who fears God in that way, they're blessed. They're blessed in many ways, some of which we are told about here in this psalm. And not just them, their children and their children's children. You know the studies that have been done over the generations, two, three, four, five generations of wicked men who ended up you know, as criminals and were incarcerated, and then their children led horrible lives, and their children even worse, and their children even worse. And their contrast, I, I want to say it's Jonathan Edwards, that great preacher from the last century. And his, his children, all, all of whom were in the ministry or became doctors, and, and just their lives so blessed because of this man who feared God. I think of this sermon, famous sermon, by Jonathan Edwards, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Boy, you'll never hear that sermon preached in the pulpit today, will you? You know of that sermon? He, he preached it, reading it, with his manuscript right in front of him. And before he was even done, there was such an anointing and such a conviction upon the people that before he was even done, they were running to the front, falling on their face in repentance, in reverence before a holy God. You know, I think about, again, I didn't want to, too late I just did. <laughs> I just think about many of the churches today that have been given over to entertainment. I was reading a devotional, I think it was um, Jim Cimbala, the Brooklyn Tabernacle in New York. And I, I mean, I just, I was shocked. I mean, you, you think it would get to the age where Things don't shock you, as where you kind of, you've seen a few things, you've been around the block a few times. But I, I have to say, I was shocked. In churches today, uh, they actually uh, have uh, beer. They drink beer, alcohol. 
in the church, as part of the church. I think it was in the, like their youth night. And, and they're, you know, some of the music in the churches today, I, I would go as far as saying that not only are they irreverent, I would say they, they border on blasphemous. Some of the, the songs are not even biblical. You, re, you read the words to the songs, they're not even biblical. I don't know, maybe it's, maybe I'm old fashioned, <laughs> but just give me some of that old time religion. I, lo- I love the hymns. You know some of the best songs that we sing are Scripture. You know that? They're based on the Scripture. Oh my, how far we've come. Well, Psalm 112 is a much needed reminder of the paramount importance of the fear of the Lord in the life of a Christian. Have you ever done a study through the scriptures on the fear of the Lord, what it means, the blessings that come to those who fear the Lord. I want to share with you a few, and then we'll bring it to a close, starting with Proverbs 1.7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of knowledge. But look at this contrast. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. It's the beginning of knowledge. To fear the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs 8.13. The fear of the Lord, and this is huge, is to hate evil. Now, stay with me. When you fear the Lord, you hate what God hates. I think of David of whom it is said he was a man after God's own heart. You know what that means? His heart was broken by the things that broke God's heart. His heart pursued hard after the Lord's heart. His heart was blessed by the things that blessed the heart of God. That's the fear of God, is to have the heart of God, and the heart of God is to hate evil, and it gets more specific. Pride and arrogance, and the evil way, and the perverse mouth I hate. So in other words, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, and the evil is listed here for us. Pride. Pride is evil. Arrogance is evil. How about this? The perverse, filthy mouth is evil. God hates it. And to fear the Lord is to also hate it. Proverbs 22, 4. I love this one. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Don't always be too quick. I know the tendency is to do so, but whenever you read the word riches, to always limit it to just the term in terms of money and possessions. 
A rich life is a blessed life, and a blessed life is a rich life. I think it's Proverbs 10, 22, that says, it is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich, and he has no trouble or sorrow to it. It's either 22, 10 or 10, 22. The other, the other one says, cast out the mocker and cease, striving will cease. Anyway, someone can rebuke me after <laughs> the study and tell me which one is which. But uh, So in other words, when the Lord blesses your life, enriches your life, there's no trouble or sorrow that is associated with it. And that's the same thing here. By humility and the fear of the Lord, your life will be richly blessed. Your life will be an honored life, a rich and abundant life. Proverbs ten twenty seven. The fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. Some think that this is speaking to how it is that those who live sinful lives, wicked lives, by virtue of sin's consequences, their lives are cut unnecessarily short. And it's the one who lives with the fear of the Lord, wisely, that their days are blessed and lengthened. They live a long life. They live to an older age because sin has not taken its toll and shorten their life. Proverbs 19.23, the last one. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and listen to this, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. Ah, you're going to be satisfied, not frustrated, satisfied. And then he will not be visited with evil. I don't want evil visiting me. Do you? I don't want evil knocking on my door. Hey, open up. It's me, evil. (laughs) What are you doing here? Get out of here. I don't want you here. Why are you visiting me? You can't, because I fear the Lord. So you can't. Proverbs 19.23, get out of here. Go knock on somebody else's door. The neighbor down the street. (laughs) They don't fear the Lord. No, I'm sorry. That's not nice. Love your neighbor. Okay. But here's their address. Anyway. The fear of the Lord leads to a satisfied life. A satisfied life. A content life. A blessed life. There's a lot to learn from the book of Psalms, and we're so glad you've joined us to sift through it all with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. The range of emotions expressed in the pages we've been studying give us an accurate and beautiful picture of our Heavenly Father, the almighty and loving Creator of the world. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to share how you can access more of these messages right now. Simply visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on Listen to search through our archive of Pastor J.D.'s teachings. You can even take these messages with you on the go with our mobile app. Find a link to our app on our website or search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store. 
This will provide you with hours of insight into the Bible, helpful links, and access to the latest editions of Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new each weekend and will help you put world events into an eternal perspective. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are also available to watch on our YouTube channel, which you can access through our website. Again, that address is inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to God's Word today. We pray it's blessed and encouraged you greatly. Pastor J.D. will continue studying through the book of Psalms when you join us next time, right here on In Spirit and Truth.